Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Praying Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Hey everybody, in today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewed by Garrett Lee of Healers and Hellraisers. So um, we wanted to get into your, uh, let's hear a little bit about your background, um, where you came from, where your name came from, um, and where you got your start in uh, your current line of work, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, yeah, just a, I guess a short bio. Um, I used to be an atheist. I was actually an atheist until I was 38 years old. And I had a pretty radical coming to Jesus meeting. Um, uh, and that was in 2000. In 2000, I went to kind of a, just a regular Bible teaching church for about eight years after that. And then in 2008, um, after not having dreams for about 25 years, I had the first dream uh, of many dreams I've had since then. And in this dream, I actually met God. And we had a conversation and he said, I want you to pray for your patients. And if you do, or when you do, I'll heal them. So that kind of set me on the the journey to learning about healing and learning about miracles. I didn't know anything about healing or miracles at the point. At that time, I didn't, I didn't believe in healing. Uh, I started watching videos, learned a little bit from Todd White and Bill Johnson and some other people. And I've seen a lot of people healed over the last, um, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but it, it's an evolving journey and it in, involves a lot more than just healing and miracles. Um, so we'll, we'll unwrap that as we go through the, through the interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've, you've also written some books. Uh, what are the titles of your books and the series that you wrote? All right. I have 12 books that I've written so far in since 2012. Uh, Jeez. there's there's a series it's called the kingdom of god made simple series so the first book in that series is divine healing made simple and it's just you know what it says it is basic nuts and bolts uh healing miracles uh deliverance and then the second book in that series is seeing in the spirit made simple that is you know what it says it's down and dirty you know how to see visions how to see the invisible realm. Yes, it is something that you can learn how to do. It's an, I think seeing in the spirit is an innate ability we all have, but most of us need to have our senses trained through exercise. So I, I put a lot of exercises in all the books that I write. The third book in that series is hearing God's voice made simple, pretty self-explanatory. And then the fourth book in that series is traveling in the spirit made simple. And yes, it's about traveling in the spirit. Um, I have two books that are really just testimonies of healing and miracles, um, which are called My Craziest Adventures with God, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Recently, I published two books on the courts of heaven. The first book in that series is uh, Defeating Your Adversary in the Court of Heaven. And the second book is Operating in the Court of Angels. I have a couple other books on just unrelated subjects. Um, one book is called a kingdom view of economic collapse. 
where I look at the historical cases of economic collapse around the world. Uh, I look at current economic trends and I share a lot of dreams that I've had about economic collapse and investing in things of that nature. I have another book called um, American Sniper Lessons in Spiritual Warfare. And that book follows the storyline of the movie American Sniper. But I weave into that storyline a whole bunch of dreams that I've had that the Lord gave me, which show uh, aspects of spiritual warfare through dreams that I've had of military conflict. So uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Oh, um, there's another book. Let's see. Sniper. Oh, uh, Emotional Healing. Let's see. What's the title of that? It's Emotional Healing in Three Easy Steps. Um, Real simple, down and dirty book, uh, How to Do Emotional Healing. It is a a 20-minute read. It's just some basic um, information on emotional trauma and how I have learned how to use emotional healing in, in really any setting. I started doing it in the ambulance, saw some people healed of emotional trauma in the ambulance and developed this little you know, 10 minute program where you can take people through and get them some emotional healing. So those are the books that I've written so far. That's exciting. Those are all really, really interesting, poignant topics. um, So we wanted to, today we wanted to talk about um, the traveling in the spirit, I think is where we want to start. Cause I I have a feeling you'll be back on and anytime jump into the deep end. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of the listeners that we have are, um, I'm Christian, you know, I went to Bethel, Morningstar, you know, we've been all over the place. Um, but a lot of my listeners are actually on the esoteric side of things. I got into a podcast community and um, so some of my new, my, my first listeners are not Christian. They're actually involved in other type of spiritual stuff. Okay. So I really want them to see this stuff is real and it does work on both sides. Um, so let's get into the spirit travel stuff. Um, what is the difference between spirit travel and astral projection? Oh my gosh. You asked the big question right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I have studied this um, extensively and I've read some of the books written by some of the leaders who have advocated astral projection. Um, Bullman is one of the guys who wrote a book. I'm trying to remember what that one's called Uh, because I wrote that book about a year ago. Anyway, I've read some books on astral projection and I have studied spiritual travel from the Christian perspective, from the biblical perspective. Um, I've, I've looked at, studied it from kind of, you know, I I consider the new age perspective and there are some significant differences between them. Uh, You wouldn't think that there were differences and a lot of people on both sides of the spectrum kind of think that they're all, it's all the same thing, but it's actually not the same thing. There are some very significant differences. So when, when I, and, and just to let you know, I have never actually practiced astral projection. I have a lot of friends. I have some friends who have experienced it. Um, when I was writing the book on, on traveling in the spirit, I interviewed a lot of people. That's what I do from when I write my books. I interview a lot of people. I ask for testimonies on social media. I do a lot of crowdsourcing and right. then I write my book based on the information that I get. So I've, I've done a fair amount of research and the typical experience that a person has when they're doing astral projection. And again, typical, 
This is not, you know, this is what happens to everybody. But typically, um, the people who are really proficient at astral projection, they develop a sort of a protocol, if you will, where they um, do a little bit of meditation and as and and before they're going to sleep, um, almost every instance that I have read of in different books of astral projection, the person has to go first go into a sleep state, and then they astral project. Right. And you get to a certain wavelength uh, frequency of your your brain is operating at a certain frequency, and then you can you can project out of your body. So usually a little bit of meditation involved. Um, you set up, they set up kind of a, this, this vibrational frequency and that they, they start to feel vibrations in their body. Um, usually the vibrations start out um, kind of uh, minimal and then they grow more intense. And at the point where the vibrations become really intense, when you astral project, you sort of step out of your body. You roll out of your body, you step out. Some people stand up in bed, get out of their body. Some people roll out of the bed and they find themselves in the astral plane and they're walking around. You can, many times you can look back and you can see your body laying in the bed and then you can go into different planes, different places, meet different people, go different places. That's, that's the typical um, experience of astral projection. Um, Many people when they astral project report hearing loud noises, hammering noises, um, strong vibrations. Um, many of them express that they, they feel a sense of fear or anxiety. And then when they're done traveling around, they go back into their body. All right. Going back into the body, there's kind of a predictable set of experiences. Some people go back into their body when they have gone as far as they can. They're flying in the astral realm, they're traveling in the astral realm, they go so far, and then they actually feel a tug on their ba- in the middle of their back, and they get snapped forcefully back into their body. It's a silver right. cord. The silver cord, right. So the silver cord kind of snaps them back into the body. That's one way it happens. Some people just go back and they just go re-enter their body. Usually there's some kind of, again, the sense of vibrations. As you approach your body, vibrations intensify, the noises can intensify. And then boom, you're back in your body. So that is, like I said, I've read a number of books, read a lot of different testimonies of people. That's kind of typical for how people experience astral projection. Um, Plus or minus some of those features, that's typically what, what people experience. All right. That is nothing like the kind of traveling the spirit that I do or my friends do. Right. It's, it's, it's just nothing. There's nothing like that. We don't, it's completely different. Yeah. I actually tried it. I, I, I like, cause I've been, um, like I said, we went to Bethel for two years and we've been, you know, we visited Morningstar and like we want, you know, we went to church there for a year online. And so we've been involved with all these different churches and kind of out there spiritual stuff. I've had open visions. I've had, you know, regular standard visions, pretty much all three different kinds. So this wasn't that far out there for me when I read your book and I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. So I laid down and the first night it felt like there was no vibration, no, nothing like that. I just kind of started to pray and meditate in bed. I was in bed laying down and um, I felt a little twinge of something and I thought, oh, okay, that was enough for tonight. So I just went to sleep the next night I did it again and 
I was laying there. All of a sudden, I was no, I didn't see my body. I didn't see anything like that. All of a sudden, I was gone. I was sitting there. I was praying for about 20 minutes. All of a sudden, I was somewhere else, flying through a hallway. Everything around me looked dark, except for the faces. I could see the people pretty clear. And then somebody saw me, it looked like. And I went, oh. And then all of a sudden, I was back in my bed, waking up, thinking, well, okay. That was different. (laughs) And that was pretty similar to what my wife's grandma has explained to me that she's experienced. And so I was probably supposed to pray for somebody or something, I would imagine. But it startled me, I think, as much as uh, whatever else I was supposed to be doing there. <laughs> I know that one right. woman, it seemed like one woman actually saw me, which was mm, okay. interesting. Yeah. Well, when I started uh, learning about traveling in the spirit, um, I did not have a grid for it. I wasn't interested in it. Um, God just started giving me these dreams and experiences asking me to kind of step out of the boat, you know, take some chances. So um, I had a, I'm not going to tell you about the dream sequence that I had. That's just, it takes too long to explain that. But I'll just say God gave me a set of dreams where he explained his plan for traveling in the spirit for people like us and how he wants to teach us and grow us in maturity. And he wants us to understand this experience in, in a context that is different from what we're used to. All right. right. I, I'll just say that. So the, the first time I ever did it, I was actually on duty as a, uh, I was working as a paramedic and I was at a VA hospital and we were stationed at this hospital, basically on standby there in case they had a transfer coming out. And we would stay at this hospital for hours and hours. Sometimes we'd spend half a day there. So they had a little room for us and they had some recliners and a TV and we'd, you know, hang out there. And uh, one day I was in the recliner and we had the lights turned off. We were just, you know, we're sleeping. And I thought, you know, I am going to try to spirit travel, right? So just consciously, I just decided I'm going to try to spirit travel. I'm going to see if I can do this. So what happened was I was sitting in their recliner and I just used my will and I got out of my body. (laughs) That's the only way I can explain it. I just decided I'm going to get out of my body and I got out of my body. I stood up out of my body and I started walking and I looked down and now I'm, I'm I'm aware that I'm laying in the recliner and I'm just, in the dark and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not asleep. I'm awake. Um, but I'm also aware that I am somewhere else. I'm standing on a gravel road and I look down and I can see that I have hiking boots on and, right. I'm, and I start walking on this gravel road and it's, I'm a little unsteady and my vision is kind of shaky and I'm walking down this road and I can see something like a farmyard light off in the distance a bank of trees and something like a farmyard light. And it's at night. Now it was daytime in reality in the, at the VA hospital, it was daytime. It was like two in the afternoon, but in this experience where I was walking, it was night. Right. I have no idea where I was. I was out in the middle of the country somewhere. I was just walking on this gravel road and I walked for a while and I kept walking and walking and I realized, okay, this is, this is really interesting. Um, I don't know quite what to make of this, what the purpose of it was, but I decided, okay, I'm going to end this experience and boom. Um, I I was now fully aware of myself just in the chair and that experience was gone. The interesting thing is I was 
Uh, I, no vibrations, no tingling, no nothing. I, I didn't sense anything weird other than I just decided I'm going to get out of my body and start walking around. Right. And I didn't know where I was going. So that was a first experience. And then uh, it was probably a, a couple of weeks later, I was at a hospital and I was, uh, we were between calls and I had a friend who was in the ICU. He was having liver failure. He was one of my REMTs. And uh, we were going to pick up a patient, actually, my, my partner and I. And we decided to go and stop in and see our friend before we went to pick up the patient. So we went into the hospital. We got in the elevator. And I had felt like the Holy Spirit had been nudging me like, hey, why don't you try doing that again? Try going out of your body and see if you can do it again. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this. I got in the elevator. And as the elevator door closed, I thought, I'm going to travel into the ICU and go see our friend before we actually go there. So very quickly, I just closed my eyes. In my mind, I saw myself go through the elevator door, through the floor, up to the second floor, down the hallway to the ICU. Uh, I instinctively somehow knew what room my friend was in. I went to his room. I, the door was open. I, I looked in. I saw him there sitting on the bed. His wife was sitting in a chair next to him. Uh, and then I just looked at that scene for about three seconds, two, three seconds, and then everything reversed. I went back down the hallway backwards, down through the floor, through the elevator, and boom, back in my body. The entire time, I was aware that I was standing in the elevator, and you know we were going up to the second floor slowly. So I had awareness of both things. I was aware that I was standing in the elevator, and I was aware that I was seeing things in my mind in the ICU. All right, so the elevator door opens, and I get out, and we walk down to the nurse's station, and we ask what room our friend was in. They tell us the room number. Me and my partner, we go to the room, and it's the exact same room I had, I had just been to. Right. All right. And my our friend is sitting on the bed, and his wife is sitting in the chair. <laughs> exactly like I saw it when I traveled there in the spirit. Right. All right. So I was like, hmm, this is pretty interesting. So that was my second experience. And again, didn't feel any vibrations, wasn't awake, or wasn't asleep, I was awake. And I was aware of being in both places at once. Right. Okay. Was it, was it dark by chance in the hospital when you left your no. body? It was light. No. It was just like it was light. It was just like, it was just like I was traveling down the hallway walking, except what I noticed was I was literally like my head was right at ceiling level and I was traveling like my head was bumping along the ceiling. Right. Like I was, it's like I was eight and a half feet tall and I was going through the, ele- through the hallway because right. I could see from an elevated position as I went down the hallway. I hope my spirit's taller than I really am. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was the second experience. And then I was like, okay, okay, something is going on with this. And since then, I've had a lot of various types of experiences. Um, I have, I, I do spirit travel quite often when I'm asleep. Right. Uh, but, I, but I never have those vibrations or the, the noises or any of that stuff. Um, it's it's very much like being in a dream, except that <laughs> um, except that when you go in a dream and you pray for somebody to be healed, and then you wake up in the morning and that person sends you a text message and says, "Hey, um, 
I had a dream that you came and visited me last night and you prayed for me to be healed. And I went to the gym this morning and my shoulder feels great and it doesn't have the, the pain and the clicking anymore. Okay? Right. They had the dream that I came and prayed for them. I had a dream where I went there and prayed for them and they got healed from that. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's not like just your normal dream. I, right. it's, I actually went there in the spirit, prayed for this person and then came back. So that is what I have a lot of traveling the spirit experiences that take place in what I perceive to be a dream, although it's just kind of a very vivid dream. Right. 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 Um, And I don't even want to go into lucid dreaming because that's a whole nother thing. Um, I I will say this. I I have been into the heavens quite often. Right. Um, I've been into the courts of heaven. I've been into different places in the heavens. I have gotten scrolls uh, from the heavenly places. I have, um, I've had some very interesting experiences. I actually, I had this one experience one night where I talked to C.S. Lewis and we had an interview. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis has been dead since 1962. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I've had several experiences where I, I talked to him and we had interviews. A um, little bit out there. Um, I have had conversations with deceased relatives, um, not a lot of those, um, but again, they're not actually dead because right. when your physical body goes into the ground, your spirit doesn't die. Your spirit stays in the spiritual realm. Right. So there's no reason why any of us can't have conversations with other spirit beings in the spirit realm. They're not dead. They're still alive. They're just in they're there. That's their primary experience. Our primary experience is the physical world. Well, yeah, there's biblical, there's biblical, uh, well, the entire book of revelation. Well, or okay. Jesus, Jesus talked to Moses and Elijah. Talked to know. Moses and Elijah. Yeah. The entire people say, Hey, you know what? This traveling in the spirit, you know, it's not in the Bible. And I'm like, did you read the book of revelation? Because the entire book of revelation is the experiences John had while he was traveling in the spirit. And he was talking to dead people. The right. elders, the 24 elders in heaven, those are saints. They had lived on the earth. They died and they went into the spiritual realm. John was talking to them. He was having conversations with the men in white linen. The men in white linen are saints. They've died. Right. So <clears throat> the entire book of Revelation is all about spiritual travel. It's about hanging out with angels and the saints and talking to them and understanding you know, God's plan and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean... To, to a lot of people, traveling in the spirit is just is kind of a weird, spooky experience, but it doesn't have to be weird or spooky, actually. Well, right, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> I guarantee you the guy, I guarantee you John and you know, all the apostles and Jesus did stuff like that, experienced stuff that we, like look at Peter's, Peter's experience on the rooftop with the, all the animals on the sheet and stuff. You know, they had open visions, they meditated, they practiced all this stuff. But right. then the church came along and realized, oh, you know what? If we tell them how to do all this stuff, <laughs> they're going to have a little bit too much freedom, and we don't want that. And so, they if if it was not for <clears throat> if it was not for Paul having a vision of a man in Macedonia praying, right, and understanding that he was seeing in the spiritual world this guy praying, and then the Lord telling him, "I want you to go there," uh, that was actually Paul's call to go and preach to the Gentiles. Peter's right. call to go and preach to the Gentiles, a series of, he was in a trance. Yeah. He was in he a full blown trance. We don't know how long. Yeah. The gospel never would have went to the Gentiles if God had not given Peter and Paul these 
visual, weird, supernatural revelations. Right. Right. Yeah. We, so I'll tell you a story. I normally don't, I don't share a lot of this kind of stuff, but I was, um, it was about two and a half, two, two and a half years ago. We were at Bethel church. Maybe it was three years ago. And, um, I was praying, um, meditating. I was actually kind of down on the ground and all of a sudden I had one of like a pretty intense open vision and it was a river of gold going out of the doors of Bethel. We live about two hours from Reading. So two hours south of Reading and, um, down I-5, this river of gold takes off and it hits a wall at this area called Cottonwood, um, which is a little town outside of Reading. And it just, I mean, you could see this big river hit this thing, go straight up and come back and just continue to flow, but it was, it wouldn't go anywhere. And I said, God, you know, I prayed, God, what is this? And he showed us that there was some kind of blockage or something like that. And so we did this 40 day fast and um, we went through this whole thing. During that vision, I also saw... Jesus on the throne, but I couldn't see his face. I could see all the way up to his neck and his feet and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was at his feet and praying and had a kind of an interesting conversation. Um, and so we went through this whole 40 day fast thing with 20 people. I was told instructed to get 15 and I came home and thought there's no way 15 people are going to fast with us for 40 days. Turned out we didn't have to do a full food (laughs) fast, but something. And so we ended up with 21, I think total, um, when everything was said and done. And, um, we did this whole big fast we had. So I saw, uh, this is, and this is crazy. It sounds just nuts. That's why I don't like you. I'm sure some of your stories you are like, Oh man, hesitant to share, but there was a dragon on top of these mountains that live behind us. Um, and it's, we have a little, the smallest mountain range in the world is right behind my house. It's called the Buttes, Sutter Buttes. Okay. And obviously it wasn't a physical dragon, but it was some kind of principality or something. And I saw it up there and went, okay. I was a newbie. I had never experienced anything like this before. I was completely green. I used to tell my wife, you're going to hell if you don't stop participating in this stuff. And right. so this was shocking to me. So we went through. Um, so we saw one there. There was a couple other ones actually too. And we did this big fast thing. And um, the, so that dragon was confirmed by two other people before I said anything to him. We had a little group chat going on and people were saying, I see a dragon on the boots before. And I had just saw it. I hadn't confirmed to anybody. I was the one leading <laughs> I thought, wow. So we had, every time something like that happened, we had at least two other people confirm before there was anything said, I would reach out and say, do you have anything for this morning? And people would come in and say, I see this and this. And it was always dead on either me or my wife had saw it and just talked to each other about it an hour before. Um, and, uh, so we went through all that stuff at the end of this 40 day fast, we had two bars, two of the big bars in town close. Our district attorney got kicked out of office. And one of the dragons was on top of the courthouse above his office. He got booted from office, got caught like he burned somebody's house down and watched it. Wow. Yeah. Really a trippy whole situation. But so we've, we've experienced like deep. And like I said, he threw me in the river. I was brand new. Thought, wow. (laughs) It almost scared me off. Yeah. We've had a lot of really trippy experiences like that, that are just otherworldly unexplainable. There's no way that you can say nobody could ever tell me that stuff was fake because I experienced it myself. Um, We've had a lot of really, uh, really interesting. So I completely know where you're coming from. A lot of the stuff you're talking about really touches home and makes yeah. me feel well, better, you know? <laughs> let, me, let me share a really practical experience of traveling in the spirit. And this is, you know, some people complain that this is all a bunch of mystical, magical, you know, mumbo jumbo that doesn't have any, any practical, you know, down to earth application. And let me give you an experience that actually does. So I was at work one day uh, on the ambulance and me and my partner, um, we're doing an interfacility transfer. We took a patient to a clinic 
for wound care. This is a, 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 a bariatric patient who I think they weighed like 350 or 400 pounds. And they, they were in, in a nursing home. They had uh, some bed sores and wounds and they were going to get wound care. So we picked the patient up, went to the clinic and uh, we got the patient moved over onto the exam table in the doctor's office. And then we just had to sit in the waiting room until the patient's uh, appointment was done. So I'm sitting there in the waiting room with my EMT partner. And I get a text message from a friend of mine who lives in Idaho. Now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, right? She sends me a text message in Idaho and she goes, Hey Dave, um, I need some help. Um, I've had this demon that's been tormenting me and I was doing some deliverance on this thing, trying to get it out of me last night. And it's part of the way out, but it's, it's not wanting to go all the way, leave completely. So I was like, okay, great. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I said, okay, um, I'm texting, right? I go, I I tell my partner, Hey, um, I'm going to go to the men's room. I'll be back in a minute. So I go into the men's bathroom and I lock the door and I'm texting her. And I said, what are you, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? What are you sensing? She says, I can feel like this thing is stuck right in in my throat. It's in my chest and it's ready to come out, but it won't, it don't, won't come out all the way. And I said, okay, I'm just going to command that thing to come out. Now, what I did was I closed my eyes when some, I, I can see things in the spiritual world with my eyes open. It's easier for me to see them with my eyes closed. Right. Because I, I kind of block out the natural realm and then I can see in the spirit, I can see details better. So I just close my eyes and my spirit, I see her. Um, she's sitting there over this sink and she's retching and she's trying to vomit this thing out. So I sent her a text message and I say, all right, what are you doing right now? She goes, I'm standing over a sink and I'm, and I feel like I'm going to uh, vomit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's what I'm seeing. Right. So I, in my mind, I just tra- I saw myself standing next to her. Right. So I just like, I, I, I plate my hands right next to her and I'm standing next to her and I'm commanding this demon to come out. And I was commanding, I was evil spirit. I command you to get out right now, leave her and, and so she sends me a text message. She's like, okay, it's coming up. I, and I, and I'm, I'm vomiting this pink stuff. So I'm watching her and I'm just, I keep commanding this demon to come out and I see myself standing next to her. Right. And eventually she says, okay, it's gone. Uh, uh, I feel lighter. I feel free. I don't hear that voice anymore. And this thing is completely gone. Uh, and then I, you know, put my phone away, go unlock the bathroom door and go sit down in the lobby next to my partner. He had no idea what was going on. The whole thing took like 10 minutes. So when, when I talk about traveling in the spirit, I'm not just talking about weird, crazy, you know, pointless uh, experiences. These types of things, healing, getting people healed, getting people set free of demons is very practical. And I'll, and I'll tell you that I, it, it's become kind of like, a normal routine for me. When I go through my email, um, I get prayer requests every day, usually a dozen, 15, 20 prayer requests a day. Go through my email and I, I go through all the prayer requests. And many times what I'll do is I'll close my eyes. And as I'm praying, I will see things in the spiritual world. I will see these beings of light moving around, going places. I'll see... Th- the angels carrying vats of like healing oil. 
I will sometimes when I'm praying, I, in my mind, I see the person sitting in front of me and I just reach out my hands in the spirit. And it's like, I'm praying over them and they're right in front of me. I had this, that experience one time I was praying for a dude in Africa who had malaria. Um, he sent me the prayer request. I just, you know, prayer, closed my eyes. I could see this, you know, African guy sitting in front of me. I just stretched out my hands, commanded malaria to leave virus, die bacteria, you know, be removed. And he, he emailed me the next day and goes, man, he goes, that was great. My fever is broken. I feel wonderful. Uh, I don't feel sick at all. He goes, I've been feeling sick for over a week. And he goes, I feel great today. Um, and he goes, thank you for praying for me. I'm pretty sure I'm healed. And, and he was healed. He didn't have any relapse or anything. When, when I pray for people, whether it's healing or deliverance, whatever, many times when I close my eyes, what I see is I see the person in front of me, or I don't even, I don't know if it's that I'm going there to where they are, or they're coming in front of me. I don't understand that. All I know is that in the spiritual world, there isn't the distance factor that people think there is. You can very easily be in contact with someone in the spiritual world who's 5,000 miles away. Right. And you can just pray over them or you can, you know, do deliverance or whatever. And usually when I do this, it only takes a couple of minutes and then I just move on to the next prayer request. Yeah. So, you know, traveling in the spirit has a very practical application for me anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's just a fascinating, like my, like I said, we've experienced a lot of stuff like this. My, my grandmother-in-law, um, she actually goes to like Cambodia and stuff. Um, she doesn't do it all the time, but, um, and the people call her the next day. She doesn't ever say anything to them. They call her and say, so you were here last night. She says, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. But her, when her friends go on missions trips overseas and stuff, she oftentimes, if they're in trouble, especially they get in some kind of pinch, she shows up in the middle of the night. And you know, it's a trip is the reason she does this. She doesn't do it willingly. She doesn't even like, it's not something that she's willing because God wants her to, but it's but she like, doesn't do it intentionally. It just happens. You know, and you know what it is, is a she's deaf almost in both ears. So, she, and she sees angels. She sees angels out all the time. Like they're just, they hang out with her. It's, it's a trip. They're just all around right. her, you know, and it's like they're sitting there. So these guys will start beating drums in the middle of the night, boom, 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 real loud. And it wakes <laughs> her up and she knows, Oh, I've got to pray. They'll keep her up all night long. She'll be up all night, no sleep whatsoever. And she gets up the next morning, refreshed, ready for the day, you know, no issues. But she's wow. staying there all night long with her eyes wide open praying. <laughs> like, wow. That's man. pretty impressive. Yeah, she's. I know. I have to have her on sometime. <laughs> she's a she's a trip. Yeah, I you know in my book on traveling in the spirit, I, I share a lot of testimonies. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways that traveling in the spirit manifests. I had this friend named Brooke Megar, and Brooke did some time in Nepal as a missionary. Right. And if you read the book, you probably read the story. She was there in Nepal. And she was, uh, her, her group of people that were with her church, they were ministering to the homeless, to drug addicts and alcoholics. They were praying for them and trying to get them set free of addiction and stuff like that. There were some really dangerous parts of the city they were told not to go into right. because they could end up getting jumped by some, some bad dudes. So they stayed away from that part of the city. But Brooke um, got to know some of the locals. and. Um, she, she accidentally strayed into this bad part of the city one day and she met these drug addicts and she was talking to him and introduced herself. And then she, after a few minutes left, 
and never went back to that part of the city. Well, about six months later, she was out and they were praying for people. And they ran across this guy that she had seen like six months earlier. And the guy said, hey, Brooke, where have you been? Uh, we haven't seen you in a couple of days. And Brooke is like, and, and the guy is talking to Brooke in Nepalese. Right. Okay. Brooke is with her husband. And she's like, the guy is talking to her in Nepalese. He's, he's calling her by name. He's talking all about her. He goes, hey, you know, we missed you. You don't come and preach to us anymore. You don't tell us about Jesus. You know, where have you been for the last, you know, week or so? And Brooke and Brooke's husband is like, how do you know this guy? And Brooke is like, I don't know this guy. I don't know that I've ever seen him before. And the guy's like, what do you mean, Brooke? What do you mean you haven't seen us before? You come to our place all the time. You're always down here. You're telling us about Jesus and you're praying over us. And Brooke is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the story was she had been going there and into the bad part of the town. She had been praying for these people, telling them about Jesus, witnessing to them for months. Right. She was in two places. She was bilocating. Yep. She was in one part of her town at, and, and another, her spirit was traveling there and manifesting as her physical being yep. and talking, ministering to two different groups of people at the same time. Yeah. She then pulls up this tape that her pastor had given her as a prophetic word before she went there to Nepal. And her pastor actually prophesied that God would use her in two different places at once. And she would minister to people and not even know that she was doing it. Right. So this David, the, David Hogan too does that. Yeah. Same. David Hogan, the bilocation thing. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah. I know a number of people who have, you know, had testimonies where someone, you know, and I, it's happened to me. I've had people say, Hey, um, thanks for going, coming. You know, it was really cool that we got to see you at this meeting. Uh, and I'm like, I wasn't at the meeting. And they're like, what do you mean? Yes, you were. We saw you there. And I was like, no, I, I wasn't there. Uh, my spirit goes and travels places. And I have no awareness of it, but people have an awareness that I'm there. Right, right. So it's, it, is, it is just amazing what, what God can do to people who are willing to uh, you know, take some chances. Yeah. And what do you think the mechanism is behind some of this stuff? Like, what do you think the actual mechanism is behind the healings? Do you think it's just because Jesus says in the Bible, and this is something where I'm like, I'm a, and I don't think this is a salvation getter, as I call him. I don't think this is really like an important thing because I give all the credit, obviously, to Jesus in the end. But he says, you will do greater things than me. You will do greater things. And then these guys, like the Reiki healers and stuff, it seems like they've tapped into a like Diet Coke version of, of real healing because mm-hmm. some of their stuff, I've experienced it before. It does work. I mean, they'll make pain go away right now. And they just, it's energy healing, which I think is kind of a science. But what do you think the, um, the more extreme, the mechanism when people are healed from cancer, cancer just disappears. You actually see tumors go down or an arm grow out. Is that, is that you tapping into something that God put inside of you? Or do you think that's actually God, Jesus's hand coming down and doing it directly? Um, all right. So you hit upon one of my favorite subjects to teach on. <laughs> God has given us a lot of different tools for healing and miracles. Right. And healing and miracles are not the same thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let me, and I don't want to misquote this. So I'm going to go and I'm going to get 
the, um, I think it is um, Matthew 9. Let me look it up. Let me look at Mark 9. <clears throat> uh, let me look at Luke 9. <laughs> I, know it's, I know it's one of them. Oh, here it is. Let's read this to you. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he gave them, he gave his disciples power, and he gave them authority to heal diseases, cure diseases, and to cast out demons. He gave them two things to do two different things. So right. he gave them power to cure disease. He gave them authority to cast out demons. All right. Those are two of the tools that God has given us for healing and miracles. And they're different. A miracle is the exercise of power. Healing and deliverance is an exercise of authority. Right, right. So yeah, that's okay. I agree with that. <clears throat> so when you cast out a demon, you're commanding a demon to leave. You're, you're, you have authority, and you're telling that demon, I'm taking authority over you. I'm exercising my authority, and I command you to leave. You're, you're telling something to leave that's not supposed to be there, right? Right. All right. When you get somebody healed of cancer, you're commanding a tumor to leave that's not supposed to be there. Right. When you heal somebody of a viral infection or a bacterial infection, you command the virus or bacteria to leave. You're having something leave that's not supposed to be there. Right. Exercise of authority. So authority, which we get from Jesus, is used to make something leave that's not supposed to be there. That is a deliverance in the case of a spirit. It's healing in the case of tumor or infection or something like that. Okay. Completely different from the release of power. When you release power, power is creative. And generally speaking, when you release power, you are restoring something that is damaged or you are creating something that doesn't exist. Right. That is a miracle. So miracles are uh, a matter of releasing power, energy, okay? So somebody doesn't have an eardrum or if they're missing a chromosome or if they're, their meniscus in their knee is shredded, you release power and you restore that tissue that was damaged. You replace things that are missing, okay? Those are, those are two of the tools that God's given us for healing, but there's a lot more. Right. Um, I do a lot of emotional healing and healing emotional trauma is a completely, it's related, but it's a different aspect of the healing ministry. Right. Um, so there, and I, and in my online healing class, I, I teach them all these different things. There are generational issues that can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. There are, um, there's God's presence, God's manifest presence, his glory. 
can bring healing. Uh, I've seen a lot of that where you don't even pray. You don't release power. You just show up and God's glory shows up and boom, people get spontaneously healed. Um, God's glory, his manifest presence is another issue that can bring healing and deliverance. Um, there, are, <laughs> there, there are many different, it's, it's a, uh, there's a lot of different uh, tools God has given us to bring healing and miracles. Now, the Reiki thing is interesting because I, I know some people who practice Reiki. Um, I've prayed for people who practice Reiki and I've seen them healed. Um, my understanding of Reiki is it is a much lesser version, much less effective. I mean, this guy that I met in Sedona one time, he was talking about, you know, they can usually get somebody with a, a torn rotator cuff or shoulder pain four or five sessions and they can get their pain reduced, you know, uh, 70, 80%. Well, I seen torn rotator cuffs healed by the dozens and I just released power. Boom. They're completely healed right now. And they never have the pain come back. It's my perspective is the, the power that we release and the authority we have in Jesus is much more powerful than what, um, the energy healers are doing. Right. That's why I, I called it earlier, kind of the diet Coke version. Yeah. Of- of what we do by similar the way, but different right while we're on this topic if you know you think about it my uh right shoulder left knee and neck <laughs> <laughs> we, i do jujitsu and man I'm, uh, you, I'm not 20 years old anymore but the some of these kids you get in there with them and they're just so strong it, i mean they're not even doing anything wrong and it tears something or yeah wow man they're they're just strong <laughs> little meatheads well, would you like me to pray for you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Right shoulder. Right shoulder, left knee, and neck. Right shoulder. Let's see. <laughs> right shoulder, I command you to be healed right now. I release the healing power of the kingdom of heaven upon him. I command pain and inflammation to leave. I command the rotator cuff to be healed, muscles healed, ligaments healed. Uh, Lord, bring your presence upon him. Bring your glory fire of God. I ask you to burn through all scar tissue, nerves, ligaments, tendons, bones, be healed. The bicep be healed. The labrum be healed. Cartilage healed. I release the power of the heavens upon him right now. Is it your uh, left knee? Yes, sir. I command this left knee to be healed. I command the meniscus to be made brand new. Ligaments and tendons healed. Pain and inflammation, I command you to leave right now. Spirits of pain, I command you to get out. Bones healed. Nerves healed. Tendons healed. Soft tissue healed. Uh, Say something about your foot. Or what else is bothering you? Neck? My neck, yeah. Neck. Neck pain, I command you to leave right now. Spirit of pain, get out. Discs be healed. Bones be healed and perfectly aligned. Nerves be healed. Ligaments and tendons healed. I command those bones to come into proper alignment right now. All right. You're healed. Stop being a Stop being a stiff. Stop being a sissy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, that's somebody at the gym. I asked him, what do you do for your shoulder when you, you know, to do bench and stuff? Uh, you put down your purse and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Awesome. That's <laughs> he awesome. was 250 pounds. So I just went ahead and accepted that. <laughs> That's uh, great. Cool. So, um, there was a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. So we went over the traveling in the spirit, 
the healing. Um, what else was there? Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to go over? Not really. Um, okay. I think we pretty much covered, you know, most of the things that I, you know, that I teach on. Awesome. Well, what's your website? My website is prayingmedic.com. And on my website, um, I have a lot of resources there. I have a lot of free articles, uh, videos. My podcasts are there. I am recently heavily involved in doing Q research, QAnon. Really? Uh, yes. Nice. I've had, I've had a lot of dreams about Q. I've actually met Q in a dream. And <clears throat> we had a little conversation where he explained to me why we're doing all this stuff. And um, God has really released, uh, given me a lot of insights into what Q is doing, a lot of confirmation. So I do a couple of Q updates a week where I take all the posts that Q has been putting out and I uh, decode them and explain them. Um, that's just one of the things that I do. There's a lot of lessons, teachings on uh, healing, miracles, deliverance, tongues, you know, all the supernatural things. So yeah, if people want to go there, there's plenty of free resources there. Excellent. And your books, um, you named off all your books earlier. Can they get those from your website? Amazon? Or you, okay, you, sorry, Amazon. you can, yeah, you can find links to my books on my website, but I'm pretty much an Amazon exclusive author. Okay. Um, my eBooks are available on Kindle. My print books are available. They, I have them printed through CreateSpace and they market them on Amazon. You can get them through Barnes & Noble if you're a Barnes & Noble person, you can order them, but they're going to purchase them from Amazon and ship them over to Barnes and Noble. So, right. Um, yeah, that's, that's where all my, my books are. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it was really nice talking to you. If you ever come into a California to go to Bethel or something, give me a call. We'll meet you up there. I would love to do that, brother. Uh, that sounds awesome. It's Oh yeah. And do you know, do you know glad tidings? Do you know who Dave Bryan is and stuff? No, I don't think so. Okay, we, we actually go to church here in Yuba City. That's my pastor is Dave Bryan. He's friends with, with Bill Johnson and Rick Joyner. You know, they were like, in the 90s, I think they were like the trio. There was those three churches. And ours kind of took the deliverance side of things. And so they're not as popular. Right, <laughs> the, right. <laughs> people don't like to deal with that as much. Deliverance is not as popular as all the other stuff is. No, even sure. with me, I've, I mean, if I have to, if I run into it, I'll deal with it. But I really would rather not to, or rather not, you know, unless it's like, unless. Yeah, del- deliverance is, is not my comfort zone. No, uh, <laughs> street healing is a blast. Street deliverance, not so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> deliverance is messy. And, and that's why I'm like, yeah, let somebody else do it. I'm glad there's people like Steve Harmon that are <laughs> wanting to do deliverance on everybody. Yeah. Because uh, it's not, I mean, I, I will do it. It's just not my favorite thing to do. Right, right. All right. Well, it was really nice talking to you, David. I'm sure that we'll be back um, and talk again anytime you want to come on. If you've got a new well, one. folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.